Welcome, Rams fans, to the latest episode of the 11 Personnel Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Rich Hammond, Rams beat writer for The Athletic, joined here in a second by Jake Reiner of CBS2 Los Angeles. It's been a couple weeks since we talked to you. Last time was just after the Combine, and as always, there's a lot to talk about. The offseason moves fast. There's always news, but Jake, there's no bigger news, Mm -hmm. I I mean ever, Uh, not just this week, not last week. I'm talking about the history of the NFL than the posting on Twitter of a hat that is purportedly the new image of, uh, uh, at least a new image of a Rams logo. First of all, Jake, have you seen said hat? How could you not see it? It's everywhere. Right. Literally, everyone's right. tweeting about it. The, some of the Rams players are tweeting about it. Jim Everett tweeted about it. Um, yes, he has. Yeah, and and the reaction has been not good. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Th- there have been some opinions that I've seen where people have have liked it, but again, here's the thing: it's it's been it's been dragged out for all off season, and I think. A lot of it has to do with uh, Kevin Demoff, like, you know, kind of stoking this a little bit. Like, he's having fun with the fans and he's, you know, toying with them. And then the Rams, you know, post that thing the other day where, you know, the, one of their guys takes the logo off the, the whatever it was affixed to. And it's basically like, all right, you know, when's the new logo coming? And so it's just, I, I feel like this was like, if you're if you're with the Rams, if you're in the Rams camp, this could not have gone more poorly. Like just just the fact that it was leaked, the fact that it was rolled out, you couldn't control the message, you couldn't control the way you wanted to do right. it, and now now you're stuck with having to respond to this. And who knows what what the actual logo will look like because we haven't gotten confirmation from them. Right. So it's just it, it it's a mess of, of how it's all come out. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. And we will, by the way, in this episode, we're not just going to talk about the logo. So if this is something that doesn't interest you, I promise we're going to get into uh, Q&A I did uh, with Todd Gurley recently that I thought was was pretty interesting. He was an excellent, excellent interview. So we're going to even play a little bit of that and, and talk about it and then talk a little bit about free agency, too, because that's right around the corner. I mean, we're a week away now from that period in which uh, teams can talk to outside free agents and start to come up with. Uh, some new contracts, new deals, and stuff like that. But you know what? This is this is a talking point, and it, 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 we we joke about it a lot, and people joke a lot about about it on Twitter. But uh, you know, Jake, it's, it is something that that's serious. I mean, it's not, but it is uh, because you know we've known for a long time now, really, for the last three or four years, that at some point the Rams were going to rebrand. They announced. When they came back, they didn't do it right away. They they didn't change their colors. They didn't change their uniforms, which led to some of those really funky, interesting combinations. You know, we had the we had the blueberry uniforms. We had the mismatched helmet and jersey. But it was all pointed towards something because we knew eventually that that these days were going to be here when when they did totally rebrand, new colors, new uh, helmet, new logos to to coincide with the the move into the stage. So this is something that's been built up now for a very, very long time, and and fans have had a very, very long time to talk about it and debate it and how it should go and what it should look like and everything else. So 
we've kind of reached like critical mass here because it is going to happen uh, very soon. We learned recently that they're, they're going to kind of do it in two parts. Uh, the, the plan is to do the logo and the colors before the draft. So certainly sometime in the next uh, six weeks here, the draft being the, the last week of, of April, and then roll out the actual uniforms sometime after that. I would estimate probably May. Uh, it could be even into June, but I, I think it'll probably be May. So anyway, we're getting to that point. So it's like it's building and building. And so everybody's just like clamoring for whatever little nugget of information that they can get. And like you said, Jake, Kevin is having so much fun kind of playing with it on Twitter and, you know, posting these <laughs> these fake logos and, and back and forth. And then this hat <laughs> gets posted and everybody has just, you know, between that and the coronavirus, it's it's the only things that you see on Twitter now. It's the only things that I see yep. on Twitter now is is these two things, and I'm not sure which one is the bigger pandemic at this point. Uh, but uh, so it came out, and like you said, Jake, I, I I think you just said it perfectly. It's like it's like the animal got out of the cage, and and you know <laughs> you're, you're trying, and and do you even try to get it back in the cage, or do you just let it run? I don't even know at this point, but. It's it's out there, and I I gotta be honest, Jake. Like, look, I'm not gonna comment on you know whether or not this is what they're going to do with this. If anything, I honestly don't know. I'll be completely honest with everybody. I mean, we we kind of get you know little tidbits here and there, but I I don't know. I I have not physically seen that hat. I don't know what if anything they plan to do with it. I assume we'll find out at some point very soon. Uh, and I know everybody's eager to know about that, but Jake, I gotta be honest and tell me honestly too. When I, when I first looked at that logo, I had to look at it for about five good seconds before <laughs> I thought, is that a Rams logo or a Chargers logo? Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah. uh, what was I, your first thought when you, when you saw it? My first thought was, oh no. <laughs> and then <laughs> my second thought was like, that looks like a bolt. It looks like a Chargers bolt. Yeah, it does. And of course, the memes have just run rampant on Twitter of comparing the new new the supposed new Rams logo to the Chargers logo, like the whole meme of like the char- the Chargers saying to the Rams like, "Yeah, you can copy my homework, but make sure you make it a little different." Um and then the Rams logo is presented under that. So yeah, that was my first thought. It does look a lot like the Chargers logo, and a lot of people don't like this uh, at all. I, I think the from what I've gathered, the response has been collectively that the problem wasn't the logo. I think everyone liked the logo. It was a classic logo, you know, with the Rams and the horn, and it's recognizable. I think what people most wanted maybe was a little more consistency with the uniforms, and maybe to even go back to sort of the the retro days and when the Rams were first in Los Angeles and kind of go with that color scheme as opposed to this like we're we're caught between the St. Louis Rams and the LA Rams of old and we don't really have that identity. Um that's that's kind of the the what I've gathered so far from the reaction. Yeah, I I get that. And look, in a, in a way, like you know, I don't want to come off like I'm I'm just outright defending the Rams here, but but they're kind of in a tough spot because they made the decision early on that that it was going to be a total rebrand and and that's where they were going with it. New stadium, new, you know, 
tweaked colors, whatever it might be, new uniforms. And like, I, I understand that. I think there's some some value to that. But they, they really, you're never going to satisfy everybody because I'll tell you what would happen if I get 50 Rams fans, if I just randomly go to a game and select 50 Rams fans, you're going to get, just I'm just being honest, you're probably going to get 30 to 35 who will say, you definitely absolutely need to stay with that blue and gold from the 80s. It's great. It looks sharp. It looks crisp. There's no reason to change that. Then you're going to get about you know 10 to 15 that are going to say, no, that blue and white from before, the, that era, that's that looks the best. Look at it. It's perfect. And then you're going to get another five who say, no, do something completely different. We, so like no matter what they yeah. do here, it's it's never, ever going to please everybody. So it's it really is kind of a, a difficult spot. So, you know, even if they just came out tomorrow and said that, you know, that's it. We're just going to scrap everything. We're, we're going to go to those 80s you know, blue and yellow uh, uniforms and that color scheme, it would make a lot of people happy, but it wouldn't make everybody happy. You know, it's, it's you know, people sometimes forget, I think, that that not everybody is is on the same page. Even even if a lot of people are on the same page, uh, it, it doesn't mean everybody is. Uh, and the other thing about that that hat, <laughs> Ken, where there's been a lot of time talking about one hat, but I, I did it last night. You know, go on NFL Shop or go on whatever your sporting goods you know, store of choices and like search Rams hat or even go on Google images or whatever and search Rams hat. There's a lot of Rams hats and there's a lot of different logos. Some of them I think look good. Some of them I think don't look good. So we're, we're putting a lot of kind of th- this particular hat and this particular logo is, is kind of a stress point because uh, it, it's one that, that came out. But even if it is something that, that's going to be kind of marketed and sold and, and what have you, it's not necessarily the only one. In fact, it's, it's definitely not going to be uh, the only one. So I, I think that's something to uh, consider, Jake. But l- let me ask you this, because, you know, there, we're, there's a little bit of a, a, a generation cap between us. I mean, you're younger than I am. So everybody's different. Like, do you look at that as uh, like something that you would wear? You know, they, you kind of market things for, for different age groups too, or different, you know, segments of, of your fan base. Like, do you see a segment that would be like, yeah, I like that. That's kind of sharp. Uh, that's, you know, something a little bit different. Or is this just kind of universally um, not loved? If I'm focused just on this hat alone, yeah. I and 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 let's just for the sake of argument, let's say I've been a diehard Rams fan my entire life, and they've finally come back to L.A. and the new logo just resembles so much of the Chargers bolt. I could not. I, I don't think I could sport that. I think that. I think I saw something on Twitter the other day a few weeks ago. This is going to be really just like kind of random, but like I saw someone posted a photo, I, you know, because they do variations of hats all over the place. Like you walk into a store like Lids and they have like a bunch of different designs of the same, right. you know, Dodgers logo, for example. And someone posted a photo of the Dodgers logo in orange and the hat was black. So it looked like the Giants hat. <laughs> yeah. and people just exploded. This right. is the ugliest thing I've ever seen, you know. So when when you're talking about changing when you're talking about a logo that looks so similar to a team in your own city or even in in you know that's supposed to be a rival or 
or, or what have you, um, it, it's never, it's not going to go over well, especially with this fan base. But I think for, for any fan base, um, but I, I think right now, the, the fact that the Rams haven't rolled out their plan yet um, is is a little um, like I, I'm I'm all for the I'm all for the wait and see game. I'm all for the like let's just see what their plan is. I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I want to see you know the 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 whole plan because obviously they've been working on this. Uh, they had to have been working on this since 2016, right? I mean, yeah. so I want to see like what. Uh, what what their grand plan is, and then I can really react. But if I'm just looking at this hat, um, I don't like this hat. <laughs> yeah, I think you're in the majority there. But yeah, th- that's a great point. And and think of it this way: like you talk about that that Dodger hat that you know has as black and, and orange or, or whatever. And you know, imagine if the if it's somehow you know the Dodgers were releasing a new line of whatever, and like that was the first one that you saw, and that was the only right. one that you saw. Like you, people would lose their minds and be like, "Why are you putting out a Giants hat?" But obviously, that's that's not the full story. There's a whole other you know. There's a hundred different color combinations of of those hats that that you can get. So yeah, like I get it. I, look, I'm I'm not mocking anybody who who's upset about this because I understand it. Like it is a big thing. Like the the to to have those colors, to have those logos, hats, jackets, whatever it might be. I mean, that's how fans express themselves. They, they don't get a whole lot of ways. Uh, to do that, but that's a very personal thing. You know, you spent, I, when I was younger, you know, I spent a lot of time, like, what hat am I going to buy? Like, what style do I like? Like, that's kind of the way that you express yourself as a, as a fan. It's a, it's a personal thing. Uh, so, so, you know, to have something that you, you don't think kind of fits the standards and something that you've been looking forward to for, for such a long time, like, I, I understand it. I understand there's a lot of kind of angst about that and, and really wanting to know how this is going to look because they've waited for so long, too. But uh, I agree, Jake, you just got to maybe we just got to take a little bit of a step back. And you know what? If if the stuff does get released and it's it's not up to par and, and a lot of fans agree that it's not, then you know, hey, make your voice heard. It happened with the Chargers, by the way, when they relocated here and their first logo was like, if I get too inside <laughs> here, sorry, but like imagine that the Dodgers logo crossed with like the Tampa Bay Lightning logo. It was like the mm-hmm. Dodgers logo with like a lightning bolt at the end of it and like kind of like a tail. <laughs> yeah, like a, and like slightly tilted. It was kind of like. Oh, that's not really, you know, what you need to do. And and it just it got, you know, it got rabbit holed real quick. It just went it just went away very very quickly. So if that happens, that's not unheard of to to where, you know, it, it just gets rejected and they go, "Well, okay, we're going to move on to something else." But I I do think it's a little bit premature to uh kind of just talk about boycotts and and things like that. So, you know, we'll see and uh, I think we're going to find out pretty soon here, uh, for for better or worse, uh, you know exactly what the plan is. But yeah, uh, Jake, I don't know. Have I have we have we gone on the record here? Like, what what is your uh, preferred? Are, are you a blue and yellow guy? Or are you a blue and white guy? Or are you a you know something completely different? Do you like that logo that uh, Kevin Demoff tweeted a few days ago, where it was like purple, yellow, and turquoise? I think it was. Or are you a fan of that one? Uh, like, what what Ugh. which way would you go with this? I mean, maybe for like a color rush game, oh, no. just as a random, you know, uh, 
do they roll it out for one game, you know, uh, or, you know, a throwback Thursday if they're playing on Thursday night? I don't know. I mean, it's one of these like special nights. But um, for me, I I would go back towards the the blue and yellow. I, I, I think it's unique. I think that um, what sets a uniform apart from the rest of the whatever league you're in, so in the NFL, is just the just the way you stand out. And the blue and yellow is just it's just really like it, it stands out. It looks clean. Uh, it's a uh, an homage to the past. And um, I, I didn't I personally didn't think that they needed to do anything with the the actual logo. Uh, maybe to change the color to match the uniforms. Um, but I really liked I really liked the logo. I thought it was I thought it again it was unique. It was um, it was it was cool. The 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 fact that like they they didn't have any sort of like writing on the helmets too. That it was just the horns. It's just something fierce about it um, that I really enjoyed. So for me, like it it it, it would make sense too. Just just to, to be able to explain it to the fan base, like hey, we went back. Or paying homage to the last time we were in LA, and you know we 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 want to get those fans back who were who felt like the you know their you know their longtime girlfriend broke up with them, and we want to get them back into the fold and and say hey you know we're here to stay we're not going to leave you again uh, to carry on this metaphor um, you know just just to just to you know to bring those people back and then also to try and bring in the 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 newer the newer fans that have never experienced the football team here. Yeah, I, I, I get that completely. I, I, I think you I, I think you'll see some of that yellow in there. I understand the the blue and white thing. Those look uh, good to me and I hope they don't totally go away from those, whether it again it's like a third jersey or a you know throwback or color rush or whatever it might be. Um, I, I just I like to see that that blue and yellow. It might not be that exact uh shade and, and really it's kind of funny these things kind of change over the years anyway everybody thinks like oh it's just been one you know one yellow or whatever f- since the beginning of time it's like no these things kind of you know subtly you know change uh, over time that right you know your 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 Notre Dame jerseys haven't been always that same shade of of blue and, and gold that that you remember like they kind of subtly right. change over time so uh so you know it's just something that's maybe a little bit more modern or a little bit uh kind of uh captures all of those different uh, eras and years is maybe maybe the way to go there but uh, we'll see we'll find out uh, r- real quick here and uh then then we'll actually have something but, to Rich, talk about <laughs> If you don't mind, I'd like to put a pin on put put a pin on this because I can hear in your voice you may want to change subjects. <laughs> um, but I I I understand the outrage. I just want to say that I understand the outrage. Uniforms matter. Uh, you look at any team that has had uh, historic uniforms, like you look at the a team like the Lakers, and you know they've changed their jerseys to when. Uh, you know, Kobe Bryant was was winning championships. They've changed their jerseys now that LeBron's here. The jerseys are 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 tighter fitting. The yellow is brighter. It's not as gold right. as it once was. And fans are, you know, we're we're upset by that. And they've also been upset with the fact that they've been wearing the yellow jerseys on the road. That's been a huge thing this year. Of like, why aren't they wearing the purple jerseys on the road? So yeah. it makes sense. You identify with these with these colors. You wanna you wanna come to the ballpark. You wanna come to the stadium. 
in the colors. You want to match the team, be a part of the team. It's it's a symbolic thing too. Um, and you want to walk around town and be proud uh, of, of wearing your team's colors and to, and to feel like you're, you know, you, you look cool and you look good. Um, so, I, I mean, as, as, you know, we can joke about it and I think it's funny that people have gotten this upset over this hat, which is just in, in the photo is just not very <laughs> cinematic. It's looks like it's in a cardboard box. They didn't really try that hard with it. Um, it's funny, but, uh, but again, like, like we've been talking about, I understand the rage. I understand the out, the, the outpour, the, the outcry here that, you know, they, they want something they, they can be proud of. Yeah, no, I, I get it too. At the end of the day, I, I totally get it, and uh, it's not something to be, you know, laughed at or, or whatever. It's just it. Let, hopefully, we can have fun with it. You know, sports are, are supposed to be fun, and uh, you know, hopefully, people don't get get too upset, and, and then we'll see what actually happens between now and then. If you if you do want twenty four hour, you know, uniform logo talk, I suggest you go onto Twitter and follow Reiner underscore Jake, R-E-I-N-E-R <laughs> underscore Jake. He will uh, entertain all those questions whenever, whenever you have them. So, so definitely. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, but Jake, but let's, let's move on a little bit because we actually do have some news. Like just shortly before we started uh, recording here, we found out uh, the, the answer to, to one question, at least, that, that uh, is, has been uh, up for a while. Justin Lovett has been hired as the Rams' new strength coach. He replaces Ted Rath, who, who left uh, shortly after the season to go to a similar role with the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, that's a big hire. Justin Lovett most recently at Purdue University. And before that, had some Rams ties, actually. He worked with Todd Gurley uh, when Todd was at Georgia, and he also worked with Tyler Higby when Tyler was at Western Kentucky. So he knows a couple of those guys, and we know, Jake, that's an important uh, role. It's one that's definitely behind the scenes, uh, but when we talk about this off-season program that'll get started uh, right around the time of the draft, guys start coming in and, and getting their workouts and on-field stuff, uh, definitely a big one, right, to to have. We, we all know how much uh, Ted Rath meant to the Rams' success over the last couple of years. Oh, definitely. And I think when you go to Rams practice and you see how Ted Rath worked with the team, he was obviously the the loudest guy on the field getting the guys loosened up and a lot of the players respected him and we've talked about it uh too I don't know um we haven't heard what uh Justin Lovett's uh job description is and whether uh you know the get back coach uh, fits into right. there uh, to see if he'll be able to protect Sean McVay from running into the referees. Um, I don't know if they had that uh, talk with him in the uh, meeting when they hired him, but I, I think certainly um, he may have to fill those shoes, uh, which are pretty big shoes. Um, but but all kidding aside, I I think that um, you know it's it's good that they're going with a guy that knows some of the Rams players, and certainly for Todd Gurley. Um, you know, struggling with, you know, the, the, the injuries that he's had and, and, and the ability to not only stay healthy, but able to go 100% when he is on the field, I think it's going to be a huge, uh, challenge for, uh, you know, uh, Justin Lovett and, and the rest of the Rams coaching staff to make sure he's ready and good to go for, for this season. Yeah, in my mind, Jake, I, I like to think that that was part of the interview process that you, you actually had to yes. do the get back thing. Like they, they actually, you know, pantomimed it to see if he could he could do it. Like that's I'm just going to go with that with that uh, you know fan fiction or whatever that that's how it went. 
And like they then they sat around and were like, yeah, and, you know, Justin Lovett, he was really good at that. I mean, he wasn't. Yeah. Do you think do you think that they play that they had like John Wolford come in and play Sean McVay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The, the scout team coach. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, big, big role. And uh, Jake, you mentioned Todd Gurley and uh, we is it's, it's time for the. Uh, the the every up we need like theme music or something for for the Todd Gurley segments yeah. of of every eleven personnel podcast. But uh, Jake on Sunday, I actually talked to Todd Gurley. He uh, was at a Call of Duty event uh, in downtown at the at the Shrine Auditorium. This is an entire world, by the way, that I has have not been. Uh, aware of and it's really something like if if people have never been to one of these uh, things before or watched it online I mean it's 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 really an event it's it's bigger than than I'd anticipated but Todd uh, was participating in uh, kind of like a celebrity event uh, with uh, it was him and, and another uh, online personality um, against Michael B Jordan uh, for for anybody who who watched the wire starting uh, as, as Wallace is I think where he he first kind of made his name and then has gone on to a lot of great actor by the way and a really nice guy uh, just saw him you know doing some interviews and stuff really engaging really nice guy and uh, really wiped the floor with Todd Gurley too in uh, in Call of Duty <laughs> they they played a little exhibition and uh, and it was it was uh, Michael B Jordan and one of the esports commentators. Uh, against Todd's team and uh, didn't didn't go real well. Didn't it was not it was nine and it was not even a nine and seven season. Uh, so so <laughs> that what didn't go very well. But you know what, Jake? Then I I went specifically because they they kind of offered up the 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 folks who were running the event kind of offered up uh, Todd Gurley as they they sometimes do at these things to kind of promote. And um, so I went and I didn't really know what to expect. You know. Uh, we we often and, and you know what fans kind of get on this too because they see kind of Todd talking in his press conferences and he's really not into it and we we've talked about this before it's it's not it's not really fair to judge somebody based on that because some guys just aren't into it some guys just don't like standing at that podium they don't like answering questions in that forum it gets repetitive whatever it might be like I I, I hesitate. When, when people kind of draw conclusions or when they judge people, you know, based on that, because, yeah, it's not ideal. You, you'd like to see a little bit more, but it's not always reflective of, of who they are and uh, their, their personality. And I, I think that's that's true here because uh, I didn't know what I was going to get, quite frankly. And, and I got like 12 minutes with, with Todd Gurley. Uh, just one on one, and you know, no restrictions. No, you can only talk about this or whatever. So people can read the the full Q and A uh, online uh, on the Athletic, the app, or, or the website. I, I posted the full transcript, just like in a, in a Q and A format uh, of everything that we talked about. Talked about gaming. You know, he's a big Call of Duty guy. Uh, talked about his off season. He's been all over the place. Uh, traveling to, to different countries and and just you know the amount of stuff he's done in the last two months is like extraordinary and, and then we got into some specific stuff about football about uh, his relationship with Sean McVay about uh, you know his new running backs coach uh, Thomas Brown coming in and he was very open he didn't he, he talked at length about all these things uh, Jake I know I know you've you've been able to read it was was there anything in particular? Uh, there that that grabbed you. I mean, I had certain things that I was interested in in talking about, uh, but anything there that that jumped out at you? I like Todd Gurley in this setting, 
If we could always interview him after a, a round of Call of Duty, I think we get some really good answers because you got some some really um, in depth answers that you don't normally get when he's up on the podium, kind of doing his thing, uh, or even in in the locker room. Um, it reminded me of this this past season when we were on the road in uh, Atlanta. Yeah. And we were, uh, you know, we're there for a week before we headed to London. And I, I was just doing, a, you know, my regular routine stand ups outside with me on camera holding the microphone. For those of you that don't know what a stand up is, um, it, recording it for CBS. And it was pouring rain outside. And he just sort of came out of the team hotel and he sort of said to me, he was like, hey, man, like, you know, can I do the weather? And I was kind of like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And he and, and and my the light bulb went off in my head of like, uh, no, we should actually have him do it. I don't know what this is going to be like, right. but and I don't even know if we're going to use it because if it's not good, then whatever. But like, it at least it'll be something. So I got him on got him on camera. We did, I I set it up for him as if I was tossing to him to do weather. You know, we're standing with Todd Gurley here who has this update on the. I mean, it's pouring rain. He did this great, you know, this full out like weather report. Uh, acted like he was on air. It was really funny. Uh, it took off, went kind of viral this season. If you want to check it out, I'm sure you could find, you know, just search Todd Gurley doing the weather. He posted it on his Instagram. Um, but I remember, you know, cause I'm, I'm sort of, uh, newer to the, to the Rams beat than, than everyone else. I, I, I would, I would assume that that covers the Rams. And when I got to the press box in, uh, either it was either in London or even in, uh, I think it was in Atlanta. This was before, uh, you were there cause uh, Vinny was yeah. there, Rich. And, uh, you know, all the beat reporters, uh, uh, Vinny, Lindsay theory, uh, uh, Gary Klein, like all of them were like looking at me like, like, dude, how did you get him to do right. that? Like, he just doesn't do that kind of stuff. And, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, and I, of course I wanted to take credit for it. Like, yeah, like I, you know, I have a way with people, you know, but it really wasn't that he just kind of offered it up. So, you know, uh, sorry for the long winded answer there, but like, like I really just enjoyed his, you know, his sort of, um, uh, his, just the way he just, you know, was, was so kind of like off the cuff with you. Um, but then when he started to talk about, you know, the meeting that McVeigh, Sean McVeigh wanted to have with him, he, he sort of, um, he, he kind of, uh, it looked like he kind of stepped back into that, like, you know, mid season, you know, uh, locker room, uh, interview style where he just, he doesn't really want to, to get into it too much. But I felt that like, Basically, he my my take on that was that he didn't really feel like there was much for you know him to talk about with with Sean McVay. Like he didn't he didn't really need to get anything off off his chest versus him just being like, well, I'm open to to having a talk if if coach wants to wants to talk to me. Right. Let, let's play this clip actually because it is interesting. Now there were a few things I, I wanted to to talk to him about and you don't know like these just for not to go too inside baseball with this but it's kind of like you, you get this access and it's like you almost kind of have to order your questions a little bit like okay what's the stuff you you know need to get answered and then like yeah if I put something in at the end and, and the subject doesn't like it you know at least I have the other stuff so I kind of waited a little bit because I, I did want to ask him about it and just to set the table a little bit this this started a while back before the combine where uh, there were a couple of tweets. I, I apologize. I don't remember who tweeted it initially. It might have been Ian Rappaport 
saying that, you know, Sean McVay wanted to kind of have a sit down meeting with Todd Gurley at some point and just talk about everything that had happened during 2019. And, and if people remember, that was the one where, you know, everything on the table, that sort of thing. And then I asked Sean about that at the Combine when he did his availability. And I said, kind of said, well, you know, what do you want to get out of that meeting? What's your, what's kind of your goal for it? And Sean said, basically, that he was just going to be in listening mode. And, you know, basically, he wanted to kind of get a download from Todd almost about what had happened in 2019 from his perspective and, you know, just all of that stuff. Sean painted it as, I, you know, I kind of want to listen. So I asked Todd about it and, and I kind of said, you know, do you, do you, do you want to have this meeting? Is there anything in particular that, that you think you need to get out of it or, or that you think you need to express to Sean McVay, and and here's what he said. Um, it just depends on what the conversation is about. You know, I'm more of a guy. If it ain't really nothing to talk about, then ain't nothing to talk about. But if we got something to talk about, then we can talk. Right. That's like kind of my perspective type of thing. But uh, I mean, coach got my number. Coach got my number. But you don't necessarily need to, like, there's nothing on your mind? No, no, no. Oh, like, like I need to, like, do the pose and, like, get some stuff off my chest? Sure. Nah, nah. <laughs> I'm not that type of person, man. I've always been able to, I mean, everyone needs to talk to someone, but yeah. I've always been pretty good job. Like, I know what I'm capable of at football. I know the stuff that I can get better. Some years are, and that's just being a part of football. Like, some years are going to be better than others. Some years are not, but that's just a part of the game. You know, you got to learn how to deal with stuff and then just keep your head keep your head up and just keep fighting. And, yeah. And like you said, it's, you know, football is a business, so anything can happen, but you got to understand it as a player. And not take it personal either. Yeah. I mean, take it personal to a certain extent, but, you know, also be, like, grateful of whatever opportunity you got. So I can always just... Yeah, control. I know it sounds cliche, but like literally, like just yeah. to control what you control, and then yeah. uh, try to, you know, long as like my teammates know who I am as a person and stuff like that. Like, you know, I don't really care about like what like other people think, but like, like you know, the ones that know, they know. So I, you know, yeah. all this stuff sounds no, sound cliche, no, but no, that's you know, kind of how it is. So, so Jake, I, I don't know what I, I didn't have an expectation for his answer. I didn't know what he was going to say. But it, to me, I didn't know. I didn't know if there was something he did need to, to get off his chest. Because, I mean, you know, you were around Todd at, at the end of the season. I was around Todd. You know, we all saw kind of interviews. And there kind of seemed to be this almost like underlying like, oh, man, you know, <laughs> like this is, like, I'm not happy. You know, he even made a joke like, I think Sean McVay said to one of his later press conferences, like, you know, oh, you know, why is why is Todd getting the ball more now than than he was early in the season? And Sean said, oh, it's me not being an idiot. And then we asked Todd about that. And Todd said something like, well, you know, he's the one who said it. So there was this weird <laughs> kind of like uh, subtext to the whole thing. But Jake, my takeaway to that is, and, and Todd was very open and honest throughout that whole interview, my takeaway from that was he doesn't really need to, to you know, download anything or, or get anything off his chest. He's kind of just on to 2020. I, I guess that surprised me a little bit, but um, that's I think that's kind of just how he is. He, he really is just kind of a let it roll off your back guy. He doesn't carry a lot with him. He's, he's pretty easygoing, easy, even keel. 
Um, so did, did that surprise you in any way that, that he, you know, wasn't a little bit more uh, excited or, or eager to, to talk through some of this stuff? I think we've, I don't want to say we've given him every opportunity, but let's just say he's, Todd Gurley has had every opportunity throughout the entire season because the, the, the question of his playing time and the amount of touches that he gets and load management, his health, I mean, all of that stuff was asked of him literally every single time that he was in front of reporters, whether that would be after a game or, or up on the podium during practice. I mean, that those were things that were asked of him the whole time, and he never really gave an inch. I mean, he always kind of just you know, not really talked around it, but just kind of downplayed everything. And, and, you know, when we talked about, uh, you know, how, how he feels at the end of the season, he sort of said, well, I mean, you know, when you play 16 games, you're, you're, you're going to feel it no matter what, doesn't matter, you know, what the circumstances are, you're going to feel it. Um, so it wasn't like he was, he was going to say, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, my knee's really bothering me or, you know, I wish I could have got more playing time. And anytime we'd asked him about what McVeigh had said, he always just said, well, that's who said it. He said it. And so basically take it, take it for what you want. I mean, that's just kind of been his MO. So this is, this is pretty in line with, with kind of what, what he's been saying this whole time as it as it relates to his relationship with coach Sean McVay, his uh his his play last season his health i mean it's just sort of like he knows he knows how he feels he knows um what what his point of view is he knows the the internal conversations he's had with Sean McVay. I think the people that are most curious about what's going on with them are all of us out outside on the on the periphery here wanting to know more but I think I think he's pretty you know at peace with everything it seems right. it's not like he's going to stand up there and say like you know yeah I can't wait to talk to Sean McVay I got something to say to right. him you know like I'm, I'm I'm upset with the you know I didn't get my touches or whatever he probably already said that or maybe he didn't but but the point is is that he he seems he's seemed this whole time that he, that he's been at peace with whatever's gone on behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. And I think maybe Rams fans can take some maybe a little bit of comfort in that because I know there's a lot of people wondering you know oh is he kind of harboring some disdain or, or whatever it is but no when when you listen to the whole thing or even when you read it it, it does not come across that way at all you know he's just kind of looking forward like hey you know i'm just gonna like he said control what i can control and he's right it does sound cliche but but i, I understand what he's saying and you know people asked somebody asked me on twitter very respectfully by the way you know like what you know is a reason you didn't ask about the knee and it's like for that very reason you just said jake like that's been you know if you're talking about a courtroom that's ask asked and answered you know we've been we've been over that ground 25 30 40 50 times by now and uh, at this point, I don't expect a, any kind of a different answer. So that's why I wanted to veer in, in some some different directions and and just kind of get his insights on some some different things. So uh, I'd encourage everybody to, to check it out. I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm oh, you have to read my story or whatever. But I, I think I think it's fair to say it's it's a different side, at least of, of Todd Gurley than than you're used to reading or seeing or whatever. He was he was a little bit more open. His comments, by the way, about the collective bargaining agreement are very interesting. And you've probably seen some of that. It gets aggregated online, which is 
whatever, but uh, people stealing quotes and posting it in their own stories. But uh, he had some really interesting comments about why he's kind of against that proposed CBA right now and kind of what it means not only for him, but for future generations. Really, really insightful stuff that uh, just he's, he's put a lot of thought into it and uh, it just isn't just thinking about himself or uh, about uh, today's players. So would definitely encourage everybody to to check out that Q&A if you have a few minutes. But uh, Jake, let's before we before we wrap up here, because by the time we do our next episode, we will be very much into uh, a couple of important periods. Now, just to, to set the table a little bit here, this Thursday, as it stands right now, is the deadline for for tagging players for applying that franchise tag. So that could change, by the way, because there was a report recently that they might extend that deadline to tag players if they come to some agreement on the CBA because the rules change a little bit if if they uh, agree to that. So I think they kind of want to leave it open and say, well, if there's a chance that that CBA is going to be agreed upon, then let's push that deadline a little bit uh, right now. But as of now, that's the deadline, Thursday. And then next Monday, the 16th, is the start of that period where teams, that they call it the legal tampering period, which is always very funny. Uh, but it's the start of that 48-hour period where you can negotiate with other teams pending free agents. And then on Wednesday, the 18th, March 18th, is the day when those deals and all deals can be signed uh, for with new teams. So we are really upon that period now where these, these roster decisions uh, start to get made. And then, of course, trades can open up and, and that can happen. So over the next week here, you're really going to start to see that uh, that that blossom, I guess you could say. So, Jake, I just wanted to set the set the table real quick. I, I think most people know uh, a lot of this, but here's the the just the list of, of free agents that uh, the Rams technically could could lose um, at, at any time. So you're, you're talking about Dante Fowler, uh, Andrew Whitworth, Michael Brockers, Corey Littleton, Greg Zerline. Those are kind of the big five. That, that we've talked about for a little bit. And then you get down to backups or, or you know, second-tier guys like Blake Bortles. Uh, Bryce Hager is another one. Marquis Christian, a guy who's been a pretty valuable, uh, versatile safety. He's played a lot. Uh, Austin Blythe, a guy who's, who's played a lot. Been some debate about whether or not to, to bring him back. And uh, Mike Thomas is another one who uh, you know hasn't made a whole lot of an impact, but he's somebody who could walk away um, as a as a UFA. The the RFA, the restricted free agents, a uh, little bit uh, you know not as many big names there. You're talking about JoJo Natson and Morgan Fox, uh, Dante Dion, guys like that. So we are still in that point, Jake, where any of those unrestricted free agents could still get the franchise tag, but. We're coming down to it here the last 48 hours, and as of now, it does not look like they are going to apply that tag to Dante Fowler or Corey Littleton. So, Jake, are you are you strapped in, or are you ready for that start of that period Monday where uh, we, we very well could see uh, you know another team make a run at Corey Littleton or make a run at Dante Fowler? And, uh, boy, you, you talk about that on top of the logo anxiety, and uh, it, it, it could be a difficult week for Rams fans. Oh, yeah, because uh, if, you know, the logo comes out and then you lose Dante Fowler and you lose Corey Littleton. It's, uh, that is just, it's doomsday. 
Uh, I don't know how how they're ever going to recover. Uh, no, but in all in all seriousness, um, I I I think you know you you know you talked to Les Snead at the combine. He seemed to kind of hint that that he wasn't going to you know franchise tag anyone. Um, he obviously has not you know made that decision public or anything like that. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if, if there is any sort of franchise tagging that happens between now and then or the scenario uh, of franchise tagging and then trading. Um, uh, The, the idea has been floated around like, you know, for example, with Dante Fowler, like couldn't you franchise tag him and then look for a, a trade partner to, to get something back for him instead of, you know, just allowing him to walk with with nothing, and then you know, of course, once you know you you shop him around, maybe you don't get you know the offers that you're looking for. You can always rescind that franchise tag, and then he just and then he just walks away anyway. Um, but I think that that might be a, a smart decision if if they didn't want to franchise tag anyone, just to kind of replenish the the well here. Maybe I don't know what you could get for a Dante Fowler, but um, they lost a lot of draft picks uh, when they traded for Jalen Ramsey, and they still have to figure out, you know, his contract at some point. But right now, you know, they don't have any first round picks. So, um, but we'll get an idea because it, it all, all of it falls in line, right? Of, of you know, once free agency starts and you get to see, you know, where some of the players land and where they fall, then you can kind of uh, wrap your head around of like, okay, so if we've signed this player or we signed these positions, then then maybe we can focus on you know a, a different position. You know, maybe we don't need uh, a linebacker so much as we need uh, a cornerback. You know, I'm just spitballing here, but it's it all falls into place. It all is a is sort of a domino effect of once you get an idea for where the free agents will go and the and the trades will go, um, then you then you can kind of really zero in on uh, who the Rams could potentially draft. Yeah, there, there's a couple dominoes that, that still have to fall here. One of which is we still don't know what the salary cap ceiling is, which to me is a little bit strange. And again, probably tied into some of the CBA stuff and wanting to have the certainty there. But we, we really don't know. It was $188.2 million, uh, last year. I, I've heard it could be in the range of $200 million now, could be even a little bit higher. Uh, but the, this is very important for the Rams when you're talking about uh, they're, they're already you know, fairly close to being a, a cap ceiling team. And, and they need to know. I mean, even that extra million or two can can make a lot of difference. Uh, I, I still think, Jake, especially if they don't tag somebody here, the first domino is going to be Andrew Whitworth. Uh, because to me, uh, they the Rams might have some internal idea. They probably do, actually, of, of what his salary cap figure might look like. I don't know. I I've, I've, I don't know what the comparable is for a for a 38 year old left tackle who can still play at a high level. I I don't know the last one that you would look at and say, well, there there's the salary comparison right there. Uh, but to me, that's the important number because then you can figure out, okay, Whitworth Whitworth is locked in at that number. Now here's how much there's left to spend on a a potential linebacker or potential Ed Rusher or uh, whatever it might be. Or at that point, do you restructure Jared Goff's contract if you think it's worth it to to create that cap space now and and pay for it uh, down the line? So I I think there's a couple dominoes that that might have to fall uh, a little bit. But yeah, Jake, like you said, if if you think – 
you can tag a Dante Fowler or, or, or a Corey Littleton and recoup something from that draft pick or, or whatever it might be. Uh, I don't think that's a bad move at all. But but you know then then the kind of the onus is on you a little bit because you have to make a move uh, or unless you want to be unless you're yeah, comfortable. Yeah, you lose that leverage. Yeah, exactly. You have to be comfortable with either taking what you can get or or eating that that huge salary cap number. So you know these are all things that have been debated and, and run through you know everybody's head for the last couple months here so uh now is where we start to see it so it, it'll be real interesting jake to uh to to see what those what those first moves are going to be so we'll be following it uh we'll be back with you next week to, to kind of see where the uh the progress is with all of that stuff either way there's, there's going to be some news something to talk about whether it's guys staying or new guys coming in or certain guys leaving or, or logos being announced. There's certainly going to be something to talk about. But uh, between now and then, Jake, uh, great work always on CBS2 and KCAL9. Uh, tell the good people how they can get their, their daily fix of, of news and sports news. Well, Rich, I'd like to uh, announce that uh, Sports Central, which is our flagship sports uh, highlights show and feature show is now has a Twitter account, which I didn't know if you knew that rich, but um, we now have a Twitter account I'm following and it. we are good. Good. Uh, we are at, I have not gotten a refollow yet, by the way. Well, I, you know, I'll have mm. some, I'll have to do some talking to some people. Yeah. Um, and I'll ask Jim. It's a great I'll, account, by the way. I'll ask Jim Hill. Himself. It's, in all seriousness, it's, it's a great account. Yeah. Um, so that's good. That's going to be at Sports Central LA. Um, and it's going to be a part of uh, CBS LA as well. So you can follow at CBS LA. Uh, it's all part of the same family on uh, Channel 2, which is KCBS, and Channel 9, which is KCAL 9. Uh, you can watch Sports Central every every weeknight at uh, 1045 on KCAL 9 um, with, uh, with Jim Hill and the gang. Um, and... Yeah, and then and keep following on Twitter too, Reiner underscore Jake. Um, like you know, like I'll keep saying it. You know, I've got a, a really eclectic timeline of, of different uh, <laughs> events. Uh, I I cover the Dodgers, I cover the Rams, I cover the the Chargers, I cover the regular you know news circuit. Uh, so I got all all your updates on coronavirus too. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, any, anything, anything you want to know, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of your guy, guy to go to on this, wouldn't you say? Yeah. How's your supply of toilet paper? Are you good for the next? Oh, I'm stocked. (laughs) I am stocked. And I got the two ply too. So that's, that's good. Great. I know where to go then because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wholly unprepared, but, but yeah, definitely. I want to plug that, that uh, sports central LA account. They've already been doing a good job of posting uh, little videos and, uh, teasers and and uh, some of the uh, the segments that they do it's it's a good reminder of uh, all the all the good uh, work all the good features that, that get produced uh, on that show on a on a nightly basis so so definitely uh, follow along there definitely follow Jake at Reiner underscore Jake for for all your toilet paper updates <laughs> and uh, everything else that's going on in, in the world Jake keeps me informed sometimes I, I get so caught up in football that, that I read his timeline and go okay this is what's going on in, in LA so it's a it's a good it's a good reminder that not everything is about uh, Rams football all the time and but uh, definitely follow along with me at rich underscore Hammond I'll do my best to keep everybody updated on all the news 
uh, on and off the field with the Rams. And we're looking forward to having some good guests here, too, over the next couple of weeks. I know we've got some things uh, in, in the works, so real excited to bring some, some different things to you. But uh, thanks for following along, everybody. Thanks for listening, for all your reviews, kind comments, uh, scores on iTunes and all that sort of thing. Much appreciated. Thanks for listening, and have a great week, everybody. And we will be back soon to talk about free agency and Rams logos. So have a great week, everyone. <laughs>